First of all, I want to welcome Yetzla back home. That's first. Drift. Second of all, I want to say what a special person Yetzi is, I want to say. And I want to say that I'm extremely appreciative that both in Sulam and during the year, he organizes a lot of stuff for the guys, all different trips and all different experiences that he sets up for the guys to have. And I very, very much appreciate it, Yetzi. Thank you for all that you do. I want to... I, there's an Indian, there's an Indian Nigeya, these parishes of Yetzias Mitzrayim. Mati, we're heavy in Yetzias Mitzrayim. And... And I want to, there's an Indian that if you like Lamdus and, and Halacha and the world of Psak, there's a lot to talk about in the world of Lamdus in this Indian. But increasingly, I'm, I'm curious about another aspect of this Indian. All the way back by the Brisbane Absarm, when Hashem met with Avram Avinu Shua, Hashem told Avram Avinu about the Golos. You're going to be pained and tortured 400 years. That there's going to be a terrible galus. Inoy, some pain, 400 years, Yaakov, to Avram Avinu's descendants. And Hashem gave Avram Avinu a prophecy. All the way back, Mayor, by the Brisbane Absarim. Hashem, God told Avram Avinu that there's going to be 400 years, difficult years of galus. Vavadim v'inoy, some. Arba 400 years, your children are going to go through terrible pain. And then they'll get out, they'll become wealthy. Years later in Parashas Boy, when we're leaving, on the way out, Klal Yisrael is ready to leave Mitzrayim. And on the way out, Maisha asks us like a favor. Hashem says, please, can I ask you a favor? It's a Gemara in Brachas. The Gemara says, Matusa Minaychu. He says, I'm reading the Rashi, it's a Gemara in Brachas. If I can ask a favor, please, God says, Shua, Hazir Malkach, could you ask Klal Yisrael if they can get some money on the way out? You have to picture after years and decades of being pulverized, we wanted out of Egypt. My Oma, my precious Oma, my grandmother, had opportunity that if she would go back to Germany, she was able perhaps to get a lot of money. A cousin of hers was a lawyer. My, gran- my grandma was from a very wealthy home. And Yemach Shemam, Yemach Shemam, they, they killed her whole family. And they took every penny of theirs. And her cousin, who was a lawyer, said that if you come back to Germany, on her parents' property, there was a car dealership on property that belonged to them. They were murdered and their property was taken. They killed them and took their property. And there's a car dealership sitting on her property. And her cousin said, if you come with me to Germany, you can make a lot of money. Potentially, you can get a lot of money. And you'll come back, and she, her cousin had documentation that this is her property, it's her family's property, and they murdered and took it. 
Now, as a car dealership, she could potentially make a lot of money and she wouldn't dream. It wasn't like a Shiloh. She's not stepping foot on the cursed soil. She wouldn't dream. It wasn't like a Chakira, millions, gazillions, billions. It wasn't Nagea. She wasn't stepping foot on the cursed soil. If you picture the Yidin leaving Mitzrayim, we weren't thinking about it. We can make a lot of money. We're out. We're out. Out of here. And Hashem says, I have a favor to ask of the Jews. If you please do me a favor, Maisha, get them to ask for money before they leave, Klal Yisrael. Avram Avinu shouldn't say, you gave two prophecies to me. You said you're going to pulverize them for 400 years. And then you said they're going to leave rich. So please, I beg you, Maisha, ask Klal Yisrael to get money. Do me a personal favor. I know that's not what you're thinking about now. You're thinking about Exodus from Egypt. But I ask you a favor. Tell Klal Yisrael to get money. So Avram Avinu shouldn't say to me, the prophecy of painting them you kept. But you didn't keep the second part of your prophecy, they shall leave rich. So I beg you that they should collect money. Do me a favor. And let them ask for money from the Mitzrim. And Klai Yisrael Taka did that. And before they left, they asked the Mitzrayim for things. And the Mitzrayim loaded up Klai Yisrael. Tremendous chain. In a bizarre twist, after torturing us for decades and decades, they were dazzled by us. And they just wanted to give us, take, take. And they were just giving, they loaded us up with millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. They loaded up Klai Yisrael with gifts. They, we found Chain in their eyes. They just couldn't be nicer to us. And the Mitzrayim gave us a lot of stuff, and that's how we departed. In Lambdas, if you're a very halachic person, as we all are and should be, so then you think a lot about what's going God promised them to be rich. Why does it have to be linked? You kept 400. Avram Avinu will tiny. God's worried about Avram Avinu taking him to court. What's happening? God promised we'll leave rich. They should leave rich. What's this vert? Hashem said, I'm worried that Avram will say, you punished them, you tortured them, that you kept, but you didn't keep. God promised. Doesn't God deliver? God delivers. What Hashem, what he says, he keeps. God, God's not a liar. God's honest. And he promised us that we leave rich. So he should say, Moshe, ask them to get money because I promised it. That's not what he says. He says, Avram Avinu's going to take me to task. And he's going to say, you kept the 400 years, you didn't keep this. What's going on? What? What's going on? Rebbe Chana Wasserman, it was Rebbe Ron Shlita today, quoted the story from Rebbe Chana Wasserman. Rebbe Chana Wasserman asked this cash in his Kovitz Mamarim. Rebbe Chana asked this cash in his own version. Rebbe Chana asked this question. What's going on here? Now the truth is, the truth is, and 
Trust me, I did not gather you to learn this lamdas today, though we want to learn Torah. The truth is that there's very deep lamdas here and complicated lamdas. There's a rule, Chevra. Shua, listen, Mayor, listen to this rule. This the Rambam already brings. It's based, it's, it's from the Gemara Yosef. A good prophecy, if a prophet says you're going to win a million dollars, it has to happen. Even if you do Averis, a prophecy, a good prophecy has to happen. It says if a Navi says a good thing's going to happen to you and it doesn't happen, he's a Navi Sheker. He, he's a false prophet. He can't say, well, you did Averis, you didn't deserve it. No. A prophecy, Lutoiv Yitzi, has to happen. A negative prophecy the Rambam brings, if a Navi says something bad's going to happen to somebody, a person's going to break their leg, and then they don't break their leg, he's not a Navi Sheker Yehuda. Why? Because maybe you did Shuvah. A bad prophecy doesn't have to happen. Tshuva could take it off. Ninveh, the prophet said, is going to be destroyed and it wasn't destroyed. Why not, Yosef? Because they did Tshuva. So a prophecy, the Rambam says, doesn't have to happen. The Rambam says about a prophet. If he says a negative thing will happen, and it doesn't happen, you have no proof he's a Navi Sheker. Because maybe you did Tshuva. If he says a good thing's going to happen and it doesn't happen, he's a Navi Sheker, kill him. He's a false prophet, he's a liar. Because if he said, if God sends a prophecy, it's got to happen. A negative prophecy doesn't have to happen. That's still a Rambam, it's based on a Gemara. You know the fascinating question, Chevra? This is fascinating. The fascinating question, Chevra, is let's say a prophet says to a guy, you're going to, you're going to break your leg, he says to a guy, in an accident, you're going to break the leg. But then in the ensuing suit, you're going to win six million bucks. Does it have to happen? Ooh. It's a negative prophecy, but at the end, something good will happen. Could that be taken back? Mm-hmm. You, what do you guys say? It's true. A good prophecy, Ben Stein, has to happen. A negative prophecy doesn't. Here is something negative that will have a good ending. Let's say the guy does tshuva and never breaks his leg. So he does, the, the winning the suit was only predicated on breaking his leg. Shua said, what do you say now? So Shua says, leave me alone. You brought me here to like handle. Let, trust me, I'm going to pay up, Shua. It's going to be a positive prophecy going on. Give me a few minutes. Do you hear the Shaila, Shua? <laughs> hear a negative thing? You hear the Shaila, Mo? Oh, yeah. A good Shaila. Very good Shaila. You could hear, hear two ways. You could hear saying it doesn't have to happen because the negative was built, the positive built on the negative. If you do tshuva and the negative doesn't happen, it's the positive. The positive was only linked to the negative. You like this Shaila, Ben? See, you hear the Shaila? A good prophecy, the Rambam says, has to happen. If a prophet says you're going to win a million dollars and you don't win it, you kill the prophet. He's a liar. He could say you did an or you lost it. No. A good prophet has to happen, a good prophecy. It doesn't matter what you do after. A negative prophecy, if you do tshuva, doesn't have to happen. Let's say I'm asking, the prophet says somebody's going to break his leg and then in the ensuing suit win, win six million bucks. Does it have to happen? Because the good is predicated on bad. So you could hear Chakira. Yosef, fear Chakira. 
With this Chakira, you can understand the Gemara Makas, my friends. Everybody learns the Gemara at the end of Makas. Rabbi Kiva said there are two prophecies. There's a prophecy that Eretz Yisrael is going to be slammed. Tzion is going to be plowed like a field. That's a negative prophecy. Tzion is going to be a plowed field. Mo, a negative prophecy, Momo. There's a pro- positive prophecy of Oy Yeshvu's Kenim's Kenim's. Ooh, is Yerushalayim going to be rebuilt? Better than ever, much better than the second base Mesh. So in the second temple, there were two prophecies. Based on Migdash, Eretz Yisrael is going to be rolled over. Negative prophecy. A positive prophecy that, oh, it's going to be rebuilt. Says Rebekiva, Yisua Shualim, Fox is going in the Kodesh Kedashim, and he left. His friend said, Rebekiva, why are you laughing? And he said, because I always wondered if the positive prophecy is coming. Rabbi Kiva was misopic if a prophecy is going to happen, Yosef. Rabbi Kiva, one of the greats of our history, and he always wondered if a prophecy is going to happen. If the prophet says it, it's going to be. But think about it. Rabbi Kiva said the positive prophecy of the rebuilding of Yishalayim was predicated on a negative prophecy of Yishalayim being slammed. Remember, the second base Amigdash wasn't so hot. We were under the rule most of the second base of the Roman government. We, they put in bad Kehanim Gedolim. And Rikiva had two prophecies that faced him. One is this is all going to end, but two is going to be much better. Rikiva said, I didn't know if the good prophecy is going to be. Now Yosef, Rikiva was saying that since the good is predicated on bad, if we do tshuva, it will never be destroyed, but then we'll never get that amazing rebuilding like never before. So he said, I didn't know if the good prophecy was going to come. But once the bad prophecy came, now all that's left is a good prophecy. Now I know it's going to come. After the guy breaks his leg, he's for sure winning $6 million. He can't go back. Good prophecies happen no matter what. It's only if you do tshuva and the bad doesn't come, maybe the good doesn't have to come. So that's what Bikiva said. Before the Beis Hamish was destroyed, before I saw Fox walking in the Kodesh Akhtashim, I didn't know if the good prophecy would come. But now that I see the bad prophecy happen, so for sure the good one has to come. So here Rabbi say, Hashem said a wonderful prophecy, there's two parts this prophecy. Bad prophecy, Avram is told that your children are going to be worked for 400 years. That's bad news. But after they're going to leave very wealthy. Good news. Let's say we do tshuva and we never get the bad. Do we have to get the good? According to Rabbi Kiva, no. Because the good is only pregnant. If we do tshuva and don't get the bad, were we in Mitzrayim 400 years, my friends? Hmm. Maybe they had 210 years. So the bad prophecy never happened. Was a negative prophecy. What happened? We prayed and we got out after 210 years. So the bad prophecy never happened. So then, what does the good prophecy have to happen? No. What was the good prophecy? That we'll leave rich. We'll leave rich. Oh. 
So God, what I asked, the, the, the Chazal say, that Hashem says, please, Maish Rabbeinu, let them ask for money and leave rich, because I don't want Avram Avinu to say to me, you kept this, not that. Now we ask, I mean, God promised, that's why it should happen. What's he worried about Avram? Says Rebbe Chanan Wasserman, may Iker the Din, Hashem is not mitzvah to give us rich. Because the good, the bad prophecy never happened. We did shuv, I guess, we prayed, so we weren't there 400 years. So then the good doesn't have to happen. However, so what does it have to do with Avram Avinu? was noyeg with Midas HaChesed. Avram Avinu was the kindest human being. What happens if you give Chesed to the other person? Hashem does a Midas HaChesed. There's a different type of judgment. Were we in pain and torture for 400 years? No. But from the day Yitzchak was born until Yitzhak Mitzrayim was 400 years. Now that's a very weak counting of Golos. Yitzchak was born in Eretz Yisrael, but we didn't own Eretz Yisrael yet. So in a very kind version of 400 years of Golos, from Yitzchak till Yitzhak Mitzrayim exists. Now we can ask for such a kindness. That's Golos light. God said 400 years, Avadum bi'inuaysam. What gave us Avram Avinu's midas? Shalayim roi say tzaddik says Omochazamwasmi. Avram Avinu could say Arbimeya Shana Kiyambem. How can Avram Avinu tie into that? Because Avram Avinu was Nayik Chesed. He causes, quote unquote, forces on Haga of Chesed. And on Haga of Chesed, you could say we were 400 years in Golos. <laughs> Yitzhak's birth, till Yitzhak's Mitzrayim, 400 years. So Avram Avinu could say, you kept 400 years, now you owe the money. That's Rebbe Chanan Wasman, brilliant. Gishmak, when I was younger, that was my chiyos in learning. Something like this, and I still appreciate it, what a chiyos. But, but what, as, I'm, as I'm learning Torah, I don't know if it's an age thing, why blame it on age? Maybe I'm getting younger or old, I have no idea. But as, as I'm learning today, I can't handle, and I think you'll relate to this more. This is what I called Shuasad. What's going on here? The whole prophecy, your kids are going to be pulverized. You're telling Abraham, and they're going to leave rich. They're going to leave rich. Abraham is like fired. What's with this richness? What's the deal with this? Achrei ken yeitzu berchush gadol is so weird. Who's so into wealth? Wealth is very nice. Money's important. Money's important. Money's crazy important. Very dangerous to teach youngsters badness of money. Money's huge. Money's everything. One day, everything. Money's big. Money's big stuff. When I say it's everything, you're going to pay rent with money. You're going to send your kids to yeshiva schar halimud with money. You need money, Hever. Money's important. Money's very important. And yet, money's nothing. Money, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about opportunities, not opportunities for eternity. The ikkar is to, is, to, is to capitalize on life and serve Hashem. Avram Avinu, they're going to leave rich? What is that? What is that? Your children are going to be tortured. 400 years, they're going to leave rich. That is such a strange story. Boy has three makas. As the last three makas, and then we're Adam Mitzrayim, God in tremendous love. And before we leave, get some money, go out rich. What is that? What is that? What's the leaving rich? What's it saying? 
There's, there's got to be something here. What's it saying, leave rich? What's this story? It's awkward and weird. You know, all anti-Semites make fun of us how into money we are. The Jew. All the anti-Semites pick on it. This might be one of the places they get it from. The story of our exodus, like, we're free. We left rich. What? Really? I grapple. I'm not sure if I'm into money yet. I'm not sure. I can't figure myself out. I have in my bones. My grandmother, my Oma hated money. My Oma did not like money. I never met another human being on earth who money was like, she felt her parents, she, her parents were in Germany and didn't leave. And she felt the fact they were wealthy tied them. In her mind, that killed her family. She had, I never met another human being whose attitude to money was like, and she knew you needed, she was a tzaddikist, you need money. But money was like very, like, like very, like, oof. I never met a person like that in my life. Now it comes from a place, so I definitely grew up with a hero of mine who lived like that. But money's cool. You need money. We have a big, we made 118000 for the yeshiva. It's big stuff. People sell, this costs money. We had delicious lunch today. Those pretzel things cost money. Yitzhi does these trips, it costs money. Yoel's arranging with Aaron and Shmuel, the chevish go here, there. Guys need a place, it all costs. Money's precious. So I can't figure out, money's important. But what's going on here? What's happening? What's, don't be so shallow. I'm so troubled. I don't even want to give you a terrence. Because I want you to be bothered. We're leaving. We're going out rich. There's Hashem, the master of the universe. Talking in the most important story. That's the story of our lives. Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And all of us have journeys out of Mitzrayim. The most present thing in our life. To leave Mitzrayim. The world of trapped and stuck and limitations, and we burst out. But don't forget to get money on the way out. What? Are you serious? What's going on? What is this? What is this? What is this saying? What does it even mean, Mayor, about don't forget to get some cash on the way out? Like, this every stereotype about the Yid, this may be have its source right here. And they had to get the money on the way out. What? What's going on? The Achri Ken They'll leave with tremendous wealth. What is that? Remember when I learned in Eretz Yisrael that there was a tremendous anti-American attitude. Even, in, even by rebellion, where they would rip America. There was a lot of ripping. And I can't, did it bother me? Mm, different times. I actually heard what they were saying. A very Megushim country. And I definitely have a loyalty. I definitely have mispal b'shloi Michel malchus. A country is kind to us. I have an affinity, amazing country, America. But it was like very interesting to go there and see throw and hear speeches ripping. In some of the speeches, I heard jealousy. 
I remember a specific person spoke against America. I felt he was jealous. I did feel, I, I felt a lot of jealousy. I heard that. In others, I heard good observations of limitations. It's gullus. But I'll tell you what I started learning as I started learning more Torah and seeing God sent us places. Do you think it all was like disgusting places? Our journey, we brought things from our journey. Do you know we have what to take out of America? And Torah went through this country. Torah went through Russia. Do you know why Torah went? Torah and the Jewish nation traveled the world. There's a language of Chazal that has so much depth. It said it was meant to pick up Gerim. Now, if you're a literalist, I'm sure we got many good Gerim, many special Gerim. I wonder over the years how many Gerim we picked up. And Chazal say the purpose of Golis was to pick up Gerim. I'm sure sparks of holiness. So in all our journeys, that's a lot of pain. And a lot of travel, we picked up a couple of guys, a couple of wonderful people. We got some good ones. We picked up some converts. So that was the whole journey through Gullus. We're Zaych and Yeshiva. We have a few families of gay beautiful families. A Bacher like said to me, he was embarrassed. My father's a gay. My father's a convert. I told him, I don't know why I do. Well, really? True, mine also. I come from Abraham Avinu, who's a ger, he's the Av of Gerim. I said, My father, too. My father, too. I never clarified further with the Bacher. He just knows. He had, we both share a secret. Kalish's father is a ger. His father's got a true story. We all come from Abraham Avinu. We all come from Gerim. But we went to Gullus and we picked up more Gerim to the people of Gerim, Avram Avinu. Some of the best, some guys in Yeshiva, some of the biggest ones are from Gerim. And we went to Gullus to pick up the Gerim. I can hear it. I can name names of guys who are sitting here. So we picked up Gerim. Big Zach. It would be worth it, but that's a lot of pain for that. But I hear, Kedai, that's Chazal say went to Gullus. It's so obvious that it means that there's kaychas and things, even in the umais, even around that we're supposed to incorporate and bring. It's not the way you think. It's all horrible. There are things and nukudais that Klal Yisrael brings and picks up and develops that are tremendously taiv. Of course, there are things we learn that we have to avoid and keep away from. And the story of our Gullus is collecting from our journeys and difficulties many lessons and ideas and things that we bring, that we bring and pick up. I'm always moved. One of the highlights for many people on Yom Kippur, Menachem the other day was singing it with the Chevres, that march. That march, Ein Kitzvah march. The Ein Kitzvah march that the Chevre was singing. I'm moved by that, that did not originate in Jewish sources. That's not a Jewish march. But it came into the Yom Kippur. Keep in mind, we went into Gullus to pick up Gerim. That we picked up and we raised up and we elevated a lot of things around the world that we found of holiness. Now, of course, the Yid remains separate, Kedoshim. But this holy nation in their travels picks up Gerim and lifts things up and finds things and impacts all around. I want to say when people go through difficult circumstances that it's not all meant to forget about. 
a guy goes, he has a hard youth, hard years of youth, and then he survives, he's a survivor, and he puts it aside, before he leaves, go leave with wealth. Become rich from the experience. Ask yourself, what did I acquire here? It seems obvious to me that Hashem's told Avram Avinu, your kids are going to be tortured for 400 years, but they will leave with great wealth. And there's a hadgasha, who I beg you, before you step out of Mitzrayim, I want you to physically carry millions of dollars. I want you to ask the Mitzrayim, and I want that pu'ula that the Mitzri hands you millions of dollars. And when you leave Mitzrayim, you leave wealthy. There's, a, there's something deep to that point that you left Mitzrayim wealthy. That it wasn't just an experience of pain and misery. You actually walked out and from the very Mitzri you patched you, he hands you a million bucks. There's something important about that visual. That the Mitzri who beat me, hand me money, hand me money. And the Mitzri looked at him and he like gave you a million dollars. There's something important about that. I'm a very visual learner. I need to see that again. The Mitzri who beat me, hand me money. And the Mitzri who clapped me gives me, what is that? What is that? My picture of the Mitzri is, is, a, is a bum. It's a And somewhere in there, I have a picture of a generous guy. What do I want him to be generous, you sicko? He's my attacker. What do I want him to be generous? It's interesting. There's a sugi of war reparations. Matt Levin is very, very close to survivors. And he was telling me a little about, he's very, he just sang yesterday for a room full of about 30, 40 elderly ladies. He's always singing for survivors, encouraging survivors. So he was telling me a little about the survivors. And he was talking, he mentioned war reparations. You think you pay up? You murdered years of my life. It's insulting. You give me money for it? You took away years. You took my dad. Here's a f- How much money do you pay for dad? How much money do they want to pay my Oma? She was 16. They murdered her father or mother. How much money should they pay for that? Will a billion dollars pay for her dad? Is that the money? You have a price on that? What does that even mean? We said to the Mitzri, that stinking Mitzri, I apologize. We look him in the face. We say to that Mitzri, can I have a few dollars? Can't even like... I don't want, he's, he's a murderous person who killed us, who tortured us, a Russian Marusha. What is that that I said to that guy? Could I have money? And then, then I can't even do it. I can't turn it into a situation that he's a guy who gave us money. And then I walk where I have money from him. It's not how I see him. If anybody would picture somebody who hurt them in their lives, could you see them as like handing out, maybe give you a few dollars? Who wants to see that? What is that? But ask the Mitzri. Even the way the Torah says it, by the way, they should ask Mitzri from your friend? My friend? You mean the Mitzri who tortured me all these years? Ishmael, 
The whole Sunday, like me, it's nauseating to me. Thank you, Hashem. They liked me. Oh, warming. So heartwarming. All of a sudden, they liked us. I have people described to me after the Holocaust when the Allies came in and took over concentration camps. The, the, to the masses wanted to take the German and just rip him in pieces with their hands, the piece of garbage. He killed, he killed everybody they knew. The tzaddikim, I don't know if this was said, because tzaddikim murdered them, and, and tzaddikim didn't. Rav Gossman showed his Talmidim his hands, said these hands murdered a lot of Nazis. These hands, I ended Nazis' lives. He showed us, he was a partisan, he was very strong. He said these hands murdered Nazis. He was proud to show his hands that he murdered Nazis' murderers who killed family members, and he showed his hands that these hands murdered Nazis. What is this? They all liked us heartwarming? And they handed us gifts? What's happening? What's happening? What's going on? What is this? Strange scene before we exited. Strange scene. Get me out of here. I won't kill them. Fine. I'm not looking to murder anybody. You want me to pray on their behalf? I don't know. Just I'm going. I'm gone. Bye. Out of here. Hashem, you deal with them. You get them to come. But before we leave, they all started liking us, and then we asked for money. I said, please, ask the guy. And, and I went to Mitzvah, I'm like, oh, friend, can I have money? And he like, all of a sudden, he loves me, an ace, and he starts giving me money. Huh. What is that? What is that? The only thing it could be to me, the only sense, and I don't know the answer, I sh- maybe I should leave, like go to the off, go to the off and think a little bit. The only thing that makes sense in my mind is the experience itself gave me something. And somehow I need a visual of that. That the torturer gave me things. That's the, there's a visual there. That I can even handle him giving me money. He gave me something. It's interesting. Rev. Kalman Crone got into a taxi. Rev. Kalman Crone was at Sadiq who lived in Lake, a beautiful yin. He was somebody who had over Aniyam in his house and unfortunate people, others would run and hold their noses. He'd have them eat by him, sleep by him. It was a tzaddik, tzaddik, a tremendous tzaddik, a Talmud Chacham. The lover of Yidin, of Kalman Kron. He got in a taxi and had The taxi driver was very, very rough with him. Tensions, different Yidin, you're this type, I'm that type. So he said, you're my brother, he said to the taxi. He said, I'm not your brother. My brother, he was giving him love. So the taxi driver said, "How do you know? Who told you I'm your brother?" Me or Malacha? So Rav Kalmakrod said, "I Rebbe Shalim, I Rebbe Shalim. My Rebbe taught me." So the taxi driver said, "Who's your Rebbe? Me or Rebbe Shalcha? Me or Rebbe Shalcha?" And Rav Kalmakrod said, "Hitler." Said Hitler. Because Hitler killed me and you alike. Hitler didn't differentiate different type of Jews. And it's, what, what Calvin Chrome was saying is the experience of being in a 
difficult, difficult experience. There were teachings. We walked out with something different. We walked out with a sense of oneness. We were one people. And we walked out and we retained that and understood that there was a richness from the experience itself. From the difficult experience. You don't leave even a difficult experience not asking in what way am I better. A guy this week in yeshiva, I had an Achri Kenyatsu, a guy was, was crying about, about the, the difficulty he's been through. Mamish emotional about it. Then he said, I couldn't believe, he said, I couldn't say this to somebody, it would be cruel. But he said it to me. He said, he said that I'm, I, he, said like, he said such a line that I'm going to be, a, I'm a more empathetic person. I care more for others. I have a richness that I'll carry my whole life. Said, having been hurt, having been rejected, I'll be a more empathetic. I couldn't believe he said it. Only God can ask such a request from us. A human being can't say this. Hashem says, I have a favor of you Jewish people. I don't laugh at this favor. Somebody could laugh. You realize he begged us the opposite. People say Jews are into money. Do you realize he begged us to ask for money? Do you realize we did a chesed to God. Do you think anybody wanted to say to the, to the fashtunk and a torturer, could you give me some money, please? <laughs> Hashem said, I have a favor to ask you. I picture like God would say to my Oma, please go back and get a few dollars. She would try. I'm sure she loved Hashem. She would try to do it. You said so. I have a favor for you. I want you to ask the Mitzrayim, get some money from them. And Klal Yisrael, okay, Hashem, you want this? This Hashem, you're acting strange. We just want out. And they went there and they asked for a few dollars. And they had a visual of the Mitzri giving the Yid money. And the visual of that which hurt me, there was, there, there was a gift there. And there's some expression of I'm walking out a rich man. And something we're supposed to understand that we walked out rich. I think it's extremely instructive to all of us as we walk out of our own Mitzrayim that we're walking out with something. It's not just to get out and leave. It's to, it's to bring out. You come out with richness. The experience that you walked out in the Mitzrayim lane handed, you know. Hashem could have made other ways we got rich on the way out. We could have had other windfalls. What an odd, bizarre windfall that the Mitzri, the, 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 the beast Alain hands me money. What an odd way of getting money. But there's, to me, there's a picture there that the difficulty itself, I'm walking out with something. There's something, there's something from this experience that has enriched me. But something from the very Mitzri who clobbered me, there was... There was a richness that emerged. There was something that emerged from the experience, from, from that whole matzav, there was something that emerged. It's interesting. I had a friend who, who grew up in Russia, had a very difficult life, young life. And my Rebbe later on, Later on, he's done great things with his life. My, I remember my Rebbe being upset that he forgot Russian. He was younger when he left, and my Rebbe felt that he should have retained the Russian language. My Rebbe felt there was much he can do. There were so many Russian Yidden, if you had a Talmud Chacham, a Ben Torah, who can reach. 
But there was something to retaining Russian. There was, there was something, I don't know if my Rebbe meant this, but your nightmare wasn't something to forget and move away from. We, years later, Klal Yisrael were a wealthy nation, and as the Yid was like all that money, got to Eretz Yisrael, rich people, people say, where did you get it from? The Mitzri handed it to me. We ourselves knew that. The Mitzri handed me all that money. It's not like cursed money you want to bury. Who wants money that you got from a mitzvah? People have money that's extra meaningful to them. I know a friend of mine got a Yerusha, and the money was very, he, that's what he had from his tata. It was very important how he spent that money. It was a certain type of money. It was money he got from his father. I remember, I'll never forget the first check I made working as a counselor in Heller. It was important money to me. I worked hard for that money. It was very important money to me. I wanted to buy something good. That money mattered to me. I wanted to turn it into something good. The money from the mitzvah. And yet, yet it wasn't that way. Yet later on we came to Eretz Yisrael and we established our, our land with Hashem. Where would the money come from? We left rich. Where would the money come from? The mitzvah. That interest. That would be the last money, you know. People talk about this. There's Vartif from Chaim Velazh and people talk about in the yeshiva Whose money goes where? That if a guy doesn't have so much lishma, so that money goes to like... I always think the tzaddik, some, whoever's money went to the gym here, the gym saves lives. The, gym, the upstairs, the top of the gym, that workout room, saves lives. 50, 60 guys a day consistently work out from morning to night. I did, I did extensive research the last few weeks. 50, 60 guys consistently, every single day, work out in the workout room. Our holy money, 50, 60 of Hashem's children are coming closer. They're caring about their body. That means they have optimism for the future. They're getting larger. means they know we're capable of expanding. 50, 60 guys have a chaos for life. It always, the weight room is like, is an inch from the base medrash. The, the closest thing to the base medrash on the campus is the weight room. If you want to know who's going to be here late night in four minutes, just go to the weight room. That's the guy, he's like on his way to the base. He's like, if you want to know who's going to be in Imre in third year learning like the latest, go to the weight room. The guy's expanding and caring and thinking future. That's, that's like the natural next step. That's the natural, oh, it's always been that way. That's the natural next step. He, he, he's excited about life. He's excited about himself. It's, it's the natural next step. So whose money goes to build that place? That's produced. So whose money, d- delightful. And here, what money built our nation? Is the money from the Mitzvah's money to us? But it's delightful because the difficulty we had translates and brought us things. It's not just a nightmare to be forgotten. And we go at that, that the money I have later and the subsequent wealth and world I built connects. I have seen so many try to disconnect to years of struggle in ways, ah, oh, that nightmare's over. It's not that way. Take money that you got. Ask the Mitzri for some money. Ask him for a buck or two. Bring it along as a memento that the difficulty it left a, it left a Rosham that, that I carry proudly with. It wasn't just something that I ran away from and forgot about. Actually, the money that I built to Eretz Yisrael was the money that he paid me. Very instructive. So if, it, if you've heard that as a Teretz, fine. 
if you're only left with a kasha, even better. I wanted to share this, this part of the story. The lambdas is gishmak, very gishmak, on Yetzir Rechosh Gadol, gishmak arrayed. But the, the pshat, what Hashem wants, that I leave perhaps as a kasha. If you hear it as a teretz, good, okay, perhaps it's the start of a teretz. Hashem is saying something. It's too pronounced upon our exodus. It's too here. It jumps in parashas boy. And this was a very big want of Hashem. Matusim in It doesn't ask so many favors. Here Hashem says, I have a favor from you, Yid. Please ask the Nitzri for a few bucks. Fascinating request. Fascinating, instructive. Maybe are you, we have some, maybe there's what to learn from that. I'm for sure there's what to learn. Maybe what I'm saying maybe is the start of it. I still think it's pretty intriguing on our way out. No, are you? Yeah, why do we have to ask them? It's really mindly bring it to us. Like, why it's yeah, right we, so no, it's, 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 I think that's part of what says to I'm, I, I admit, it's not just they gave it to us. Like, please go and ask, and we were part of like schlepping it out of the mitzvah. <laughs> It was something to us being part and seeing that. And we walked up to the midst. I picture, I, I picture people that I picture people asking, go, go get it. It was a favor we were doing. Please. Um, I mean, it's funny that things that you don't visualize and you don't put yourself there. So you read this like funny. Hashem says, could you please do me a favor and get money? And oh, the yid begrudgingly got money. If you put yourself there, you'd see it would be like, it would be cringy. It was bimatusim, and I do me a type. I know this is not going to be easy for you. That's what do me a favor means. Not going to be easy for you. It wasn't easy for us to go to the I don't care how much the mitzvah was like loving us. Ask for something and make sure he gives. I want your money. I don't want you. Ask anybody. I want your reparations like a hole in the head. Just. Go and leave me. Go, please. Your enemy asks, like, could I? Could I do you? I feel so badly. Could I? Please. I don't want your hug. I don't want your comfort. I don't want your money. I don't want your favors. Let me be. I'll heal. Amazing, no yet? Good. You come here for questions. You don't come here for answers. We need to come here for answers. The rest of the world gives answers. Here we ask questions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs to come to Waterbury for answers. That would be silly. Welcome home, Yitzel. Yeah. I like that he only likes the question. That we will end. Mencha next door, second Seder.